Welcome, guys, back to the Grateful Living Podcast. Today, I'm thankful to have Anna Sweeney with me. Anna's mother, Madeline Amy Sweeney, was a flight attendant for American Airlines. On September 11, 2001, Amy was working for American Airlines Flight 11, the first airplane hijacked by terrorists to devastate New York City by flying into the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center. Anna, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Of course. Thank you uh, again for, for being on and, and sharing your experience here today. Uh, for, for all of us uh, who don't know you, uh, do you want to set the scene of what your life was like uh, up until 9-11, uh, where you grew up, your family situation, and, and things of that nature? Yeah, so I grew up in Acton with my dad and brother and my mom. Um, we lived in Nagog Woods, and my family's been in Acton, you know, for a while, so... I lived in Negog and on the 11,000 kindergarten. And so I was getting used to, you know, figuring out the school situation at five. You don't really know too much. You just go along with what your parents are saying. Yeah. So um, I don't have, unfortunately, I don't have too many memories up until then, just little snips here and there. But I do remember on the first couple days of school, my mom walking me out to the bus stop and putting me on the bus, getting me ready for school and um, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I guess let's start uh, maybe with that day or I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, do you, I guess, what do you remember? And if, what do you remember from that particular day? Yeah. So I actually remember the day pretty vividly. Um, that morning I had gotten dropped off at school and, you know, this happened early in the morning. So I haven't been at school all that long when I was pulled out by my kindergarten teacher and I was told that I had to be picked up and I was going home. And honestly, at that point I was like, yeah, I don't have to be at school. <laughs> um, but so my Nana picked me up. She lives in Boxborough. And so she, my brother wasn't in school at the time because he was only four. Um, and so she picked me up and we went over to her house, which we did all the time anyway. But I remember thinking it was very strange going there when I should be at school. And I got there and my entire family, my dad's whole side of the family is very large. Um, and almost all of them were there. And I was kind of confused why I didn't know what was going on. And then my dad had pulled me aside and he had said, um, he basically told me that bad people were on the plane that mom was on and she wouldn't be able to come home. And so then I started asking questions. Well, what happened? Is she okay? Is everyone else okay? what's going on. And that's basically all I really could ask because at that age, I didn't know any deeper questions to ask other than, well, why, what happened? And all he said was that bad people took over the plane and she can't come home. She's, she died. And I didn't really understand death at that point. I didn't fully understand that that meant I would never see her again. And then from there, I don't really have any memories after that up until like the first award ceremony, which was that following February. So the whole rest of that year, 
I honestly don't remember anything. Yeah. I, uh, so I guess, um, you know, a lot of, uh, parents at that, at, at, you know, especially at that young of an age might've sugarcoated it or kind of tried to not tell the details. It sounds like your dad was pretty forthright, um, and honest from the beginning. I, I guess, um, did that like, was it, I don't know. Was it the f the funeral? Maybe the first time it it really hit you, or what was it like? Obviously, it hits you when he says it. But do you or I, I don't I don't I don't know. Like, was it? Well, did you yeah. even go back to school like that week? Yeah. Or I mean, I don't. I'm just trying to. Yeah. So actually, I take back. I do have some memories after that because my dad wanted to make sure my brother and I kind of you know resumed life as normally as we could while taking the time that we need. But because the grief for me hadn't really set in right away, like I know I probably had days here and there, but generally speaking, I went back to school and I think he was so upfront initially. Again, like I don't remember the exact wording that he had said when he told me, but because it was such a public event, everybody was gonna know about it. Everyone was gonna be talking about it. And he didn't want me hearing things at school or being told things that I didn't necessarily know about, especially like at school. Um, if something was said, I, I guess he probably didn't want me to be taken off guard. And so I remember at school, my I went to Conant school and my entire class, and I'm pretty sure the entire school had written me and my family letters. Like all the kids had drawn cards and pictures, which I still have to this day. It was really, really special, just reaching out and just being very friendly, you know, at, at like a kid level, you know, just people being like, want to sit with me at lunch or let's have a play date or something like that. And, um, and then that kind of started a whole thing where families in Acton and Boxborough started cooking meals for my family and dropping them off at my house so that my dad wouldn't have to cook because he had so many other things, you know, to deal with. And, so I think that's when I started, started finally figuring out, okay, people don't do this for people on a regular basis. Something has to be going on for something like this to happen, you know, for people to be bringing us dinner every night and for everyone always being at my house. I remember there's people at my house all the time, whether it be my family or friends or just people trying to help out. So I think that's when it started finally setting in being like, okay, I guess my mom's really not coming back. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I don't know if you remember this, but do you, you know, learning about death at that young of an age, do you remember having nightmares? Do you remember being, you know, more aggressive because like being mad about, you know, the event or does does any of that um like any change in behavior or anything like that that um, um you still I remember think, yeah well so I think my brother and I were very very different in regard of that but for me I think 
I was almost the opposite where I was like, oh, now I have an angel watching over me. She's still protecting me. She's still here with me, even though I can't see her every day. I don't want to make her mad or I still want to make sure she's proud of me. And I think that kind of, that wasn't right away. That was as I started to get a little bit older, um, still elementary school, but I know up until I was like 12, I was still thinking that all the time being like, I, of course I was a kid. I still, you know, did kid things, yeah. <laughs> had an attitude and all that. <laughs> but generally speaking, I remember constantly thinking, I still want to make her proud. I don't want to do anything that I shouldn't be doing anyway. So I don't, I didn't have any like anger issues or things like that, um, that I can remember my dad might say otherwise, but, yeah. um, as far as I know, I didn't have anything like that. Oh, uh, you know, as I think back to my elementary school days, I remember us talking about 9-11 every year um, since, you know, obviously that event. That for you must have been a totally different experience, right? Because everybody in the classroom knows who you are, knows your mother. Right. How, 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 I mean, did you like, and I'm sure people are, are looking towards you, you know, whenever, and, and you're not in a position to be like a spokesman or a spokeswoman of right. what was, I mean, did, did that happen for you? I don't, I actually don't know. Did that happen for you as well? I mean, uh, teachers obviously knew the context of who you were, but did they right. talk about nine 11 each year after that? Um, well, yeah. So I can only speak on behalf of myself. I'm not yeah. sure if um, other people in my position would feel the same, but um, I know it was always extremely frustrating for me because students and teachers and basically everyone in the school would tiptoe around it so carefully to the point where like they were afraid they would upset me by even the mention of anything. So I remember in history classes, like this was all through high school, like elementary school, all through high school, every year around the 11th, not necessarily on the 11th, um, because I never went to school that day. I was always in Boston um, doing the award ceremony with my family. But anytime there was gonna be a mention of a plane or an attack or not even necessarily relevant to 9-11, they always pulled me aside before class and then pulled me aside after class, just being like, just letting you know, here's what we're talking about, which, okay, I appreciate that. But that almost drew more attention because then people are like, well, what are you talking to the teacher about? Why did this teacher wanna to talk to you before and after class? And then the second something would be mentioned in class, the teacher would look at me and then the kids would look at me and then, and I would just be sitting there, you know, like the only time I ever walked out of a classroom was sophomore year of high school because the teacher had said, hey, we're talking about this today. You don't have to be in the class. And it wasn't about 9-11. It was about a movie that just involved a plane crash. In sophomore year of high school, I was like, I'm not sitting here. I'm leaving. No problem with the movie. I just don't want to go to class. And so I, was, I just took it upon myself. I'm like, if you're telling me I don't have to sit here, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Because at that point, I just felt uncomfortable, even though it had nothing to do with the event. And it was always just so bizarre for me because everyone else was talking about it or learning about it. And I felt singled out that I couldn't be involved in that, even though from the teacher's perspectives, they were just trying to look out for me. But I wish it was done in a different way because I feel like I didn't have that same experience as everybody else. Yeah, yeah. That uh, first 
anniversary of 9-11. It's, you know, it's such a public event. Did you realize, like, this is something I'm going to, at that point, did you realize this is something I'm going to, I don't know, you were six, I'm not sure you did, but was it like, you know, certain events happen, obviously, in life, but I th- did that first time where you realize, okay, this is going to be, or was there a first time where you realized there, you, okay, this is something that every year around this time, I'm going to have to deal with this? Yeah. So it was actually before that. Um, the first um, time I think I fully started to, to kind of, I can't even say understand, but just knew things were going to be different was that February. Um, my mom received an award for civilian bravery and um, it was this whole event and my whole family, mom's side and dad's side all came to Boston and received this award on her behalf. And then starting from that, um, from that day, they created an award that would go out to any Massachusetts resident who was nominated and then picked for um, the civilian bravery award, which is putting their lives um, at risk for someone else in order to save a life. And um, after that award, it was because it was so public, there were so many people there, there was cameras in our faces and all of that. I knew that that wasn't something that people have to deal with every day. And then because it was so public, we like my family had to like tell my brother and I, you know, this is a good thing because other people are going to be able to be recognized for selfless acts. You know, your mom's a hero and we want to recognize other heroes. And so that ceremony for me started becoming something that was positive that I could take away from the day because with an anniversary like this, it's different than other death anniversaries. And I've had a fair share of death in my life and this specifically, you don't just feel it on the day. It, you feel it, I mean, you can say that with any death, but on the anniversary, there's footage all over the news. People are sharing pictures of the burning towers, which I don't understand why people do that. You know, if someone dies in a car accident, you don't post a picture of the wrecked car, you post something to tribute. And so things like that always made it harder for me, especially in elementary school when I, you know, first learning to use a computer, seeing all these things. Yeah. That's what made it more difficult. Yeah. I guess, you know, you know, you talk about the actual events there for a little bit. Have you, was there, a certain age at like 12 or 13 or something like that, when you've kind of matured a little bit where you decided to, to look like, you know, obviously there's audio transcripts out there. Um, is there a point at which you decided to, to learn? And, and there's so much that went on that day. There's terrorism, hijacking, buildings falling, uh, the Pentagon, Pennsylvania. I mean, there's, there's just, there's so much that happened that day mm-hmm. at, at any point in, in since that day, I mean, have you wanted to, or have you had the ability, like, do, have you gone through and, and looked at the historical, like 
lens or has it just been too tough? Um, I know up until I was about 13 or 14, I didn't want to know the specifics because it was just too much for me. Um, it wasn't until I think that I started high school that I was like, I actually want to learn more about this rather than just know the specific events that pertain to my family. Um, because growing up, I knew specifically the role that my mom played. And that was something that um, I, at that time, didn't realize was only such a small part of everything that happened, but it was such a significant part because she um, was able to report the specific seats the hijackers were sitting in on her flight. And because of that, they were able to figure out who they were. And that, you know, is something that I always just still is hard to wrap my head around because you want to say in the moment you'll do something, but until you're actually in that situation, like you can't really say it, you know? Yeah. So once I started high school is when I really started looking more into things. And then I found it to be very weird that just with a Google search, so much about my family was coming up so much about me was coming up that I had no idea even existed. And I had no idea that type of stuff was out there. And so when I started seeing all these different articles and all of these conspiracy theories and all the other stuff that people post um, around a big event, you know, that's when I wanted to start learning more specifically about everything that happened um, on that day and afterwards. Yeah. And, you know, say as much as you want, um, as you now, you know, obviously you're a lot older. Your dad was instantly a single dad at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then, you know, I saw it like on the 10 year anniversary, he had public interviews and things like that. Mm-hmm. How has, you know, as, as you reflect on how your dad has handled, I mean, how strong has he been? How, like, you know, just. I mean, I can't even go into begin to explain what my dad must've been feeling and what have been going through because not only did he have my brother and I to look after, but he also just lost his wife in a major terrorist attack. You know, like that is not something that you can just instantly be like, okay, now I have to focus on my kids. Like he must've had so much to deal with himself. And then also like constant calls with the FBI and the police and figuring out logistics of honestly, like, like what to do next. And he, um, he had to retire when I was in kindergarten, you know, like he retired so young, he was working for the attorney general's office and in 2001 suddenly was retired and dedicated the whole rest of his, his life to raising my brother and I. And we're fortunate enough that we have such a big family, both on my mom's side and my dad's side. My dad's side's more local. He has six siblings and all of them would switch off coming to help us. And he has five sisters and each of them would sleep over for certain days, weeks at a time and help get help us get ready for school and help cook dinners and do all of that. While my dad was still present the entire time but it just gave him more of a chance to, to have moments to himself and to deal with everything else that came next. 
So um, I can't even imagine what he had to go through so publicly. Um, you know, like his career just suddenly halting and then figuring out the next steps for us. And again, I, I, I'll, I'll preface this for most of the, the questions I ask from here on out, but as a family, have you been able to talk about, I mean, you guys, you and your brother were so young. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure your dad had conversations and, you know, with, with his siblings and things like that, but as a family, is it, I mean, are you even able to talk about it as a group privately? I mean, obviously you guys do so much publicly. Yeah. So now the only thing we do publicly really is the award. Cause other than that, like, I know my dad had to be in the spotlight for so long, only regarding literally the death of his wife. And that's not something that's easy. That's not something that you want to be talking about all the time, but that also doesn't mean that he can't talk about it or isn't willing to. Any questions I ever had growing up, he would immediately answer, be willing to talk to me about it. And as I get older, he'd go into more details because some things aren't just appropriate to tell your children. You have to wait until they're older. And so um, there's been a lot like that. And I know that um, my brother was never one for any kind of media attention, really tries to steer clear of that, which I 100% respect because it's not easy for everyone to talk about. But at this point for me, um, I ended up studying terrorism and counterterrorism and got my master's in that because it's something that I wanted to learn more about. I wanted to learn more specifically about terrorism and how events take place and how they can be prevented. Yeah. For you and your brother, and I'm not sure you can do this, but maybe you can, you know, because obviously you had so many friends with, you know, both parents. I don't even know if it's fair to ask this, but like, for those of us that grew up with two parents. I mean, what do you, what was it like not growing up with your, your mother? Well, I can't really explain all of that because there's, (laughs) there's honestly so much to say, Yeah, but it was always just the little things that started to, to add up that I'd be like, Oh, I could probably do this if my mom was around. And I remember always getting really jealous that Um, a lot of my friends' moms were all friends with each other. And so when they would all be hanging out, all their moms would be there. And then some of the things I, not that I wouldn't be invited to, but I just wouldn't be there because the moms had like decided to do this. And then like the kids would go with them. And those kids all happened to be people I was really good friends with. And so that type of thing almost made me feel left out because I'd think, oh, well, if I had a mom, maybe I'd be included in that. And um, I remember in elementary school and middle school specifically, like that always was hard for me or hearing people be like, oh, like my mom and I went shopping and we picked this out and like we did this. And I'm like, oh, that must be nice, you know? Yeah. yeah, Um, yeah. So it was always just things like that where, you know, you want to talk to your mom about. My dad was always so suspicious so supportive of everything, always a great person to talk to, but there's some things that you don't want to talk to your dad about. Um, 
And so I remember in high school, that was really confusing for me too, because everyone was buying their prom dresses. And my dad, of course, was like, let's go prom dress shopping. And then um, my friend's mom was like, no, I'm taking her. We're having a girl's day and like, we're doing this. And so I'm always so grateful. My friends and their families were always also so supportive, always so inclusive. And so that definitely helped. Yeah. I I read that there was a, a camp in Western Mass for um, children who lost parents. I don't know on 9-11. I don't know if that still goes on. Um, but was that? Yes. Yeah, what, so what was that like? And was that helpful? Like being with, I guess, people that understood in some ways the pain that you were going through? For sure. Yeah. So that was America's camp. It ended in 2010, but I went there for eight summers and I'm still best friends with the people that I grew up with there. Like we talk on a daily basis still. And that I cannot put into words how grateful I was to have that outlet and have that experience and those friendships that stemmed from there. Um, Basically every summer for a week, we would go and the staff was completely volunteer basis. No one got paid to be there. Everyone just wanted to be there to support, to support us. And um, so that was such a different dynamic than anything I had ever experienced because I went to summer camp growing up, sleepaway camps, day camps, you name it, I was there until the age limit maxed out. But um, this specifically, if you were upset about something, specifically like if you were missing your parent or something, you could literally pick out any kid there and be like, I can talk to them about it. They're not going to judge me. They can definitely relate to how I feel. And I know that I can feel comfortable talking to them, even if I didn't know them. Just having that, that experience was so crazy in such a good way. And so the girls that were in my bunk that I ended up getting so close with, we would do that all the time. We'd be like, hey, like I'm having a terrible day or like I'm having a bad feeling about this, like at camp and outside of camp. And just being able to talk to people like that, where I remember during the school year, they'd be like, oh, like teacher did this today. Anyone else have this uncomfortable experience before? And having that was always just, it felt so good to have people like that who didn't necessarily understand my exact situation because all of them in my specific group had lost their dads as policemen or firefighters, but they understood the trauma of that day in the same way that I did. Yeah. I, uh, you know, obviously your, your mom had other coworkers, um, you know, the Ong family, the Ogonoski family, mm-hmm. uh, that also, that also um, lost a loved one that day. Are you guys at all like in contact with each other? Do you guys or? Uh, The Ogodowski family actually um, lived pretty nearby to us. And so uh, growing up, I remember we'd see them and we would talk to them. Um, But, you know, as the years went on, everyone just started getting busy in their own lives. But um, I still see a lot of those families that are local. 
every year on the award ceremony because my mom's award is just one part of the ceremonies in the day. And so um, I end up seeing a lot of a lot of families on that day and we reconnect and we're all, of course, like still very friendly with each other, just not so much on the same basis as we were before. Yeah. How often do you think about your mom or that day? My mom all the time, that day is different. I try almost to kind of separate the events almost because yes, my mom died. Yes. In a terrorist attack, but I don't like to affiliate them all the time, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because when I think about 9-11, I think about so much more than just my mom. And that also um, has become more so ever since I graduated college because of what I chose to study. Um, so I can't say I think about 9-11 all the time, but I definitely think about my mom every day. They, um, you talked about it throughout the interview, but uh, I, 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 there's an award um, in, um, named um, after your mom for civilian bravery. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to uh, say, any, I know that you've been more involved with that in recent years. Um, how has, has that been therapeutic at all like just having that positive association um or anything you want to talk about that with um I wouldn't say therapeutic but I okay. would definitely say that it has helped it has helped the way I feel on that day um of course there's always so many emotions that come with it but with the award at least for me I am able to think about how important it is to recognize other people who have also put their life on the line for someone else. And I feel like a lot of times in the news, a lot of the things we read are negative. And just seeing that little piece added to something positive, I think that is just such a wonderful thing. And of course we can only pick one winner every year, but all the nominations we get are unbelievable, like things that people do. And so, when I was in fifth grade, I started participating in the name reading ceremony at the state house in Boston, which is just reading the list of like reading part of the list of names of Massachusetts residents who lost their lives in the attacks. And that was my first time speaking publicly, even though it was just reading names. Um, you know, it was in front of TV cameras, all kinds of different people, the governor and all of that. So it was definitely when I was first started doing that in fifth grade, I didn't realize all of that. And then, but then as I started getting more used to that, I wanted to participate in the ceremony itself. So I started um, writing and reading speeches and different people in my family, we'd switch off every year. And then I started doing it more frequently um, through high school and the beginning of college and all of that. Um, but I think that in itself was, still is, um, very important to do on that day because the people that have received this award, you know, so deserving, um, but they didn't do it for the recognition, of course. Um, but that definitely has helped. 
you know, whether you like it or not, there's always going to be the attachment to 9-11 as, as part of defining your life. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, like with, you know, obviously with your hometown friends, you couldn't get away with it. Is it, um, you know, is it something you mention when you meet new people? Is it, or have you, if they find out, you'll talk about it, but you know, otherwise, I don't know. Can you stray away from it or does it follow you pretty much everywhere? Um, I think it depends. I'm, it's not something I disclose the first time I meet someone, that's for sure. But as I start to grow closer to, closer to people, um, I kind of decide whether or not it's something that needs to be said. So for example, when I first started college, um, I, the 11th, the 11th fell in the middle of the week. And so I left school to go to the award. And at that point I was, I liked my roommate. Like we were friendly with each other. We got along really well. And so I had told her because she was like, well, why are you leaving school on like a Wednesday or whatever day it was? And um, so then I told her and then it kind of, not because of her, but then it started traveling around with my friends at school and it wasn't something I was upset about, but I felt like it brought me closer to them. But um, so I would say because it came at the beginning of the school year too. Um, so people that I wasn't super close with right away were f- like, I was telling them because it started coming up in question and people started talking about it. Being like, oh, like, cause a couple people from my school at Northeastern would go to the ceremony, like the name reading ceremony to the public. And I'd be like, oh, do you want to go? And I'm like, well, I'll actually already be there. Um, <laughs> so like stuff like that, um, it just would kind of come out. But I mean, all through graduate school, when I was studying counterterrorism and terrorism, no one in my program knew. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't want them to be like, well, I don't necessarily care what they think, but I didn't want to have to deal with them being like, oh, well, are you okay with today's topic? And I'm like, well, I wouldn't have chosen to study this if I wasn't open to talking <laughs> yeah. about, it. you know, you can't really escape that if that's literally what you're studying. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, I'm really glad that no one really knew because my professors weren't treating me differently. Students weren't treating me differently because even if people say they're not, you can definitely tell when somebody's acting different or being careful with their words because they don't want to offend you. And in some cases, I definitely appreciate that, like the effort, but the outcome isn't necessarily what they were expecting. Yeah. You know, uh, next year will mark the 20th anniversary. As you think about, you know, what you'll go through that, um, you know, next year, what, what do you want uh, those of us who, you know, didn't lose a loved one, you know, how, how should we, in your opinion, approach 9-11, approach maybe a friend or family who has lost a loved one or, you know, to make it less stressful for, you know, because, I mean, there's, you know, 3,000 people that, that, that lost a loved one on that day. Mm -hmm. Um, how can we be, 
I, I don't know, like more respectful or more, you know, is there, is there anything you would like the general public or, or society um, to do, you know, as, you know, the anniversary comes up and, and things like that? Um, well, this isn't necessarily for the 20th anniversary, but just in general, I know that I don't speak just for myself when I say this, because I know a lot of people share this opinion. Um, I think we would all really appreciate not seeing specific photos of that event, especially on Facebook, will people be like, never forget, and it'll be the pictures of the towers burning. That is not something I want to see on Facebook. That's not something I want to see when I'm trying to, you know, go through this grief that's recurring all the time. I know some people don't think about that and don't realize that and they think, oh, I'm being supportive by sharing something like this. There's so many other ways you can be supportive. If you wanna share something, go for it. I would just ask that you refrain from sharing a picture of the plane, of the towers, of anything that shows the tragedy of the day. Um, I know a lot of people share a picture of a candle like lighting a candle for the loved ones. And I think that's great. I think things like that are really great. Um, pictures of loved ones, pictures of people who lost their lives. I think that's important to help their memory stay alive. But I know it just adds to the, to my stress at least being like, I wanna stay away from social media, but I'm also getting so many really nice messages from people that I wanna be attentive and respond to them because they don't have to reach out to me. They're choosing to do that. And every message I receive, I'm so grateful for. It really helps. Um, even people who I used to be friends with and I'm not um, so close with them anymore, or even people I've never met, um, receiving messages from them, it just, it, it helps. It really does for me at least. Um, but so I don't wanna be logging on, you know, to whatever social media site and seeing pictures specifically of the tragedy yeah um i think in 2011 acton um made a memorial in mm -hmm. front of the police station mm -hmm. um and then obviously there's you know the museum in new york i i you know have you been able to to visit um those places and I guess um, how is that like for you and again I mean what do you hope people gain from visiting those sites? Um, the Acton Memorial I think is a really nice tribute having something so local um, you know I drive by and I you know I I smile you know because I think it's just a nice tribute I think it's a nice thing that the town is choosing to also remember because my family is not the only one in town who lost a loved one. And I think that, you know, some people might not like it or they have their own opinions, but um, the one in Acton, at least the steel that's outside is actually from the towers that was brought from New York to Acton. And um, in terms of the New York one, I've been there several times. Each time is a totally different experience because I see things that I never saw before. Um, that one is definitely a lot harder, I think, to go through. 
Um, for me specifically, there's quotes from my mom's last phone call plastered on the walls as part of you know the timeline. And it's still crazy to me that just looking up, I'm like, wow, everybody who comes here is seeing this. And I'm thinking, well, because what my mom did was heroic. She's part of that. And so it's very mixed emotion seeing that and things that are so specific to her. Um, I know we donated a couple of her personal belongings to the museum as well. And so I went there a following time and more of her things were there. And that's also still crazy to me. And one of my best friends who I went to America's camp with um, actually passed away a couple of years ago. And she has a voice recording talking about her dad because he passed away as a police officer. And so the most recent time I went there, I not only was going through that experience about my mom, but I was also going through about that experience with my friend and dealing with that double loss. And definitely an emotional toll. And I think it's great that the museum has a whole separate floor and wait in area for families specifically that only family members are allowed to go in so that you can just relax, sit on the couches, have some water, take a little break before you know going back in. Um, so I think the museum was put together beautifully, but it's definitely hard to go there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Anna, I, from my perspective and, and whatever I could think of, um, I've sort of talked about, uh, was there anything else that, you know, uh, I didn't um, think about that, you know, you've, you've always wanted to talk about or haven't been and haven't been able to or any, anything else that you want to you want to share with respect to your experience? Um, well, something interesting off of my experience actually happened last year. Um, I was able to actually go to Guantanamo Bay to see the detainees being charged, you know, for for the attacks. And I was able to sit in on some of the pretrial hearings and learn about the process and see what's being done, you know, to go forward with the trial. And that is definitely not something that anyone can just do. Um, I don't want to go into too many specifics about it, but um, it was definitely a very interesting experience that helped me gain a lot of perspective. Um, you know, obviously you can't speak to them, but I was with within feet of them. Wow. And um, that was something that kind of took years to, to get going for me. I had talked about doing it at the beginning of my college experience. And then I ended up not going until I was in grad school, which ended up working out a lot better for me because that's when I was specifically studying terrorism and counterterrorism. And that was just an unreal experience being able to go there and then come back and tell my family about it because um, at the time they didn't feel ready to join me there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I, I think that, that um, I've kind of asked all the questions I had prepared. Uh, if there's anything else that uh, you would like to share, um, please do. Um, 
Otherwise, I can I can wrap it up. Um, I think you covered most okay. everything. Um, I do just want to say that I'm extremely grateful for Acton, the Acton Boxborough community, for their continuous support of not just my family, but um, the other families as well that were affected, not just locally, but you know, um, just generally. Um, the support means everything. I know growing up, it was not easy to to deal with two young children for my dad and to have the community support helping him with meals and helping just care for my brother and I, um, you know, that doesn't go unnoticed. I still think about it all the time and I'm eternally grateful for all the support. Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, thank you so much for, for sharing your experience, uh, and helping all of us, uh, who didn't lose a loved one understand you understand other people that have lost a loved one on that day uh and i just hope that this um just helps uh anybody that uh wants to learn more about that event um and 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 thank you so much for being willing uh to share your experience I, i really appreciate it and i know all the listeners do too of course i really appreciate you having me on here and if anyone ever has any additional questions or wants to reach out, please don't hesitate. I'm very open about it. Um, So yeah, thank you so much. Thank you.